Welcome to Talking in Stations Lounge, where players from all over EVE Online gather to exchange ideas. I'm Matterall. In this program, we sit with another candidate for Council of Stellar Management on the eve of election for CSM 12. Toxic Yekin, how are you? Hey, man, I'm good. How are you? Welcome. Let's uh, talk about Eve for a minute. I want to know about when you started. What year was that? I believe it would be 2014 or 2015. It's I've been playing for about two, uh, three years now. Oh, okay, so it's uh, you're. Uh, it's so funny to think of somebody playing a game for three years being new, but since the game's been around for well over a decade, it does seem like you're kind of the later generations. What did you play before that? Um, I mean, I played WoW a fair time ago, maybe like six or seven years ago, but uh, I didn't really play a lot of MMOs since then. I kind of tried EVE a couple times, and it didn't really stick the first few times. I'm mostly just sticking to like playing Call of Duty shooters and other like RPGs on my Xbox. Other competitive stuff. And uh, what actually, how did you find Eve and what led you to play it? Uh, I think it was just like after kind of burning out on WoW, like I was playing on private servers and doing like GM and creative stuff in that. I kind of burned out and I wanted to try something more open and challenging. So I saw Eve, I tried it out the first time I tried it. My computer couldn't really handle it properly. And I remember doing like some part of the tutorial not really knowing what I was doing and just saying, like, ah, screw it, not really going anywhere with it. And I didn't really try it again until I got a new computer a little bit later. Oh, that's funny. You must have joined after Incarna because... <laughs> I can't even remember when I first tried it. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. You did come after that, but it was uh, there was something about this thing, Incarna where you were walking in stations, right? That's what the, the talking in stations is a take on that whole development path that they abandoned. And as soon as the walking in stations appeared it was less than expected but it also burnt machines out because uh the graphic requirements were so high so it was kind of funny that uh, computers couldn't handle eve anymore because before that it was amazing that eve could be played on really you know old machines oh i mean like i was just playing on like a shitty macbook so i think (laughs) it was just yeah yeah. i I mean i still play on a macbook but it can actually handle multiple Eve clients now yeah so uh you got involved in Eve, and it uh, looks like you are in uh, high sec, and this is your second run for the CSM, right? Yeah, so this is my second run for CSM. Uh, last year, I ran very focused on war decking and ganking as kind of my platform, just because that's where I have a lot of background in. Uh, this year, I've been still focused on those, but I've been trying to open up to different groups and kind of get a better perspective because as much as I like my communities that I come from, that's not a huge voting block to kind of base myself off of. And just to only have that kind of background isn't really beneficial for having a better understanding of what HiSec needs. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't say I can represent HiSec when all you do is kill <laughs> guys that are coming yeah. It's not, it's not really fair to say that I represent high second that way. So, you know, I've been trying to open up and talk to both sides. And, like, uh, for example, uh, I started, oh, sorry, uh, in October of last year, I put together the War Deck Roundtable, which was, uh, I tried to get a bunch of guys together from 
the war decking community, some other people, uh, some members of the CSM came in, and we had you know a, a good few hours discussion, which was at times a little one sided because the the mercenary group is generally pretty outspoken about their play style, and we didn't have as many people defending the defender side. But uh, it kind of brought me to later on start up uh, the war deck project, which was something. Uh, Toribashido and Jason Quizzes. Oh my gosh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher his last name. <laughs> Quixos started about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was all about uh, having discussions on better ways to refine word mechanics to make it more fun for you know both sides and make it like just, just better gameplay. And uh, it was something that kind of died out because they didn't really have a good response to it or they didn't really have a lot of activity. And uh, now we've got, I think, like... 44 people in there now and the discussions kind of flare up every once in a while usually if we get a new person in but yeah just having more discussions trying to get better perspectives and different perspectives on gameplay and that kind of stuff just kind of building more conversations has been really awesome mm-hmm. so it's ongoing yeah and it's just right now it's just in a discord channel we have it open for anyone who wants to join uh if they, I'm not sure if you've got like a link for this. I can link it. Well, if they want to, if they want to go there, they can contact you, and you would put them through to it, right? Yeah, of course. Cool. Well, it is kind of interesting because high sec is is when when you think of a high sec candidate, you think of somebody who wants to be left alone to play their game in casual mode. You don't think of high sec as a place where gankers make their living. In fact, the whole concept of high sec and null sec and low sec is interesting because there's a lot of overlap between all these things, right? Oh, yeah, I keep saying right, but I meant is there a lot of overlap? And I I think there is. Like I mean, I I play in high sec mostly, but I mean, like I I my my main is part of a null sec alliance, and I do stuff in low sec, and I occasionally wandered into wormholes. It's not like my life is entirely based around high sec, and I know there's a lot of people who do stuff in high sec who generally wouldn't consider them people who live in high sec, but you know. I like I I have my my own activities that I enjoy doing, and even though you say you know when you think of high sec, you think of people who want to keep to themselves. But oftentimes, I'm just kind of keeping to myself, and maybe I'll have a couple friends, but I'm not usually like living it up in high sec myself. Uh, so you actually kind of play the game doing your own thing most of the time. Uh, yeah, I would I would say that like half the time I'm just kind of doing my own thing. I've got I've got some really close friends who've been playing with for a long time, and I've got another group which I've been kind of learning to FC with, which is a very large high-sec corporation. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of keep to that traditional high-sec uh, high mentality of wanting to play by myself. Yeah, well, I think it's just easier to fit into a lifestyle, isn't it? Like the, uh... Well, yeah, I, I think part of it is I kind of have like a, a very semi-role-play kind of experience for myself where I kind of take on the persona a little bit. I don't really like go out there and role play in like the local channels and stuff like that. But I kind of like think <laughs> of what, you know, what my character would want to do and the kind of things that kind of make him, him. Yeah. So, you know, I basically like when I, when I gank, I'm generally not like going, I, I usually don't go after people who are like miners like that, unless I'm doing it with friends. It's like, usually it's just, I need profits because this is like 90% of my earnings. So if I see somebody hauling something expensive, I'm sorry, it's, it's nothing personal. I just need more money. I'm, I'm really poor. So you're just a humble man making your way through the galaxy kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, like, I know, I know there's lots of ways to make money, but I kind of, I kind of like just kind of living off of what I can, what I can salvage together. So 
So you're like a true marauder. I mean, yeah, sure. We'll go. We'll go with that. I like that. I like that idea. You're, you're going around. Li- yeah. Sorry. I'm just, yeah. I'm just kind of like trying to live off the land. Like I don't really have any like PI. I don't mind. I don't run missions. I don't do incursions or like that. I'm like I'm just kind of living off of what I can get through wars or ganking or salvaging or stealing. Oh, I think that's cool as hell is to, to go around and kill to live kind of thing. You're like part of the life cycles of the, the land. It's neat. Yeah. So what is this war decking thing, though, that you're working on? I imagine that's one of the things that you would want to bring to the CSM as a voice about maybe tuning that up. Yeah, so the, 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 the roundtable was just kind of to have some people air their, their points to the CSM that's currently... Sorry, it's the CSM 11, because we had about three or four CSM members show up. Because there's a lot of people in the community who are kind of unhappy with the way uh, CCP kind of treats them, especially well, with gankers and uh, war deckers, where they kind of feel where uh, CCP just kind of nerfs their play style just to make sure that the other players are happy, because from their perspective, it's easier for them to to uh, gank, like, the ganking and war decking communities play styles and just to teach other play style, like other players how to kind of deal with them or live with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just like, there's, there's a lot of frustration that I feel like some people weren't really getting the opportunity to express. And I kind of helped create, well, I wanted to help create more of an opportunity for people to get their voices out there. So I, I think in some way that's helped a little bit. Um, I, I still think there's more opportunity to do that if I was to get elected, but uh, yeah. And other things you're interested in is uh, the ganking, obviously, and then uh, missions as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I mean, it, it's hard for me to make some statements about missioning because I'm not really a mission runner myself. I kind of go off of what I've been hearing from other players. But like, you know, there's there's some people who kind of see missioning as this is my way to make money, and I don't enjoy it, but it's like the best way for me to make money, so I'm just going to keep doing it. So for them, having like more challenging or more complex mission running is just kind of like making it harder for them to make their isk and that it just makes them unhappy. But there's some people who, you know, actually will enjoy running missions and they want to see like more substance to their, to their missions, more like more challenge or like more opportunity to do it with friends, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, if you, if I was a voter and I am, and I was reading and listening to all these candidates and stuff, why, how could I distinguish you? Like why, why should I vote for you? Uh, I, th- I think the one thing I'm trying to put out there is that I'm, I want to be, more of a community guy, sort of like what Jintan's been doing. I want to go out there and do more discussions. Um, I know round uh, Jin specifically did a lot of roundtables this year, and I would also like to do more roundtables. Um, but I, I also really like the function of having discords for discussions because, you know, there's a lot of people who they can't carve out that extra time for coming to a discussion, or maybe they're they're just shy and they don't want to just miss out in the conversation because sometimes when you miss on the conversation, you have more opportunity well so you have more opportunities to input on the conversation when you're actually there than like afterwards so i i think i think having like the open discussion is a little bit better you get more opportunities for people to like hop in and give their feedback and not and people aren't being left out on their opinions yeah uh, so that's kind of the role that you would fit is somebody that would be communicative because uh, one of the criticisms if any of this last csm was they really weren't that communicative well, I mean, some some certainly were, but like, yeah, I, I think I think there needs to be a balance of some people being communicative with the community and p- 
people who are you know experts on stuff like that. I don't think having all of one or all the others is a good thing. If we have a, a team that's all communicative and doesn't actually really have a lot of expertise, that's not well, super helpful. For they may end up either. communicating the wrong things or their own thing, or the yeah. and it looks like a mess, you know. But it does seem like there's always a secretary kind of character person that comes out and says like, well, here's a niche I can fill. And that is to try to be the person that puts all the information together and then puts it out in some way or another. I think that you can have more than one of those, honestly. Like, I, I know I was talking to Jin and he was saying like, he, he doesn't mind doing all the like roundtables and group stuff, but he also has stuff that he'd like to work on too. And having to, you know, be the secretary all the time kind of makes it harder for him to do that stuff. Yeah. What direction do you think the game is going? And uh, do you think it's going in the right direction? Uh, yeah, I think it's going in the right direction right now. I mean, we, we saw with uh, Ascension, we saw a lot of positive changes, with a lot more people coming out, a lot more content. Um, I'm I'm very hopeful for structures for the future. Um, you know, as someone who's a war wrecker, I'm kind of, I'm hopeful to see what the uh, observation arrays are going to do, uh, what kind of intel opportunities there might be because i know there's a lot of people in the wardecking community who are unhappy about removal of watch lists and are hoping for something like that yeah well this is interesting you're part of this high sec ticket what can you tell us about that okay so yeah i'm running with uh, commander a's and Roden. it was kind of a plan that i mean i'll give credit to jintan because it was something that he kind of put out there that if you're a high sec guy the the real only chance you're gonna have is if you kind of band together and make a platform because you know high doesn't have the 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 block back backing that some other candidates are going to have so the the really the best chance you're going to have is if you kind of band your votes together so even if you know if i don't get elected if it gives Roden or commander is a better chance then you know high will at least have some representation so I, I think that was the whole plan was just you know give high a chance to get some representation on this year's csm since there's only 10 seats it's going to be a lot tighter for getting people on so yeah. Do you think one of your guys will make it? Like, um, Do you think there is enough of a um, vote for a general high-sec candidate? Because, again, I don't know if there is a general high-sec vote. It seems like a lot of high-sec people have interests in other areas as well. You do too, right? You have interests in all kinds of stuff, new player, new player experience, corporations. There's definitely a – to say that somebody's a high-sec voter is – I don't know what that actually means. Well, that, that's entirely fair. Like uh... – I mean, I've been trying to talk, like everyone I talk to and try and convince to vote for me, I'm going to try and convince them to vote for Road and Commander Reyes as well. And hopefully they've been doing the same for me. And, you know, every, every voter that does that and votes us in the top three spots, it's it's going to help. Um, as far as getting high sectors to vote, you know, mm-hmm. uh, some of it's going to be just going around and kind of, you know, trying to talk to everyone we get the opportunity to, to talk to. Um, they're like... There are big high sec groups like uh, I'll, I'll give the example of sorry the example of the one group that I'm with which is Fly Fearless and that's an, an alliance that is actually about 1,700 people I think mm-hmm. I don't think that's entirely like I don't think that's that whole group is entirely active I think it's probably only like maybe a few hundred people but still that's a very large group of people that you can find backing in and there's a lot of like groups that are you know 50 100 people and you know if you might you might say like high sex a lot of small groups, but like if you actually go out and talk to all those groups and you can actually get their support and they're all active, you know that that can actually add up. It's like it's just it's a matter of going out there and getting your support. And you know, it, I, I know there's been a lot of talk about getting the high sex vote and that 
you know, highest the candidates don't really have much of a chance this year with only ten seats. But you know, if you if you're not like if you're willing to put the effort out there, it's it's possible. I uh, like I'm I I am trying to be optimistic about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I don't want to be you know pessimistic in in disguise of realism. It's more like we were saying earlier that voting is a matter of uh, connection. Like I connect to this guy. I like the way he sees the game. I like the way he believes the game should go. He's someone that identifies with me or I identify with him and that's who I'm going to vote for. And I can have a small corporation that I do indie with in high sec and I can live in a wormhole with a different alt and I can be in, in null sec with a different alt. It doesn't matter. It's the player and who they connect with as someone who is driving or wants to drive the game in the same direction that they want it to go in. And so I, I don't know if I buy into the, you know, uh, I'm only interested in high sec issues when in fact I have alts all over the place. And that, to me, that seems to be at least among the people who actually listen to these podcasts and read about the news and get interested in the election. They seem to have varied interests, not singular interests with exceptions. There are people who are just tournament players, low sec combatants, and that's really all they care about. And, you know, that's where they're going to put their focus on anybody who can represent uh, that. And there definitely are ballot voters who will vote just the way they're told because they don't really care one way or the other. Or they're going to vote for their leader and that sort of thing. So who knows? I mean, it seems like it's up in the air. To think of it in other terms might be too simplistic. But to that, to that, you know, I just gave a little speech in the middle of your interview. But And I asked you earlier, is it going in the right direction and, and that sort of thing? Uh, the game, is it going in the right direction? What direction do you think it is going in? You know, what, what direction is Eve being developed in? I think it's kind of being pushed in the direction of, you know, building up your own space and kind of owning your own space. And again, like, I, I, I'm hopeful, like, I'm, I'm putting some trust in CSP. I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, they're going to they're gonna do it right. And it's going to, you know, make high sec at least more interesting for me. Like, again, w- with Wars, I kind of, I... I I, uh, I would like to see more people kind of going out and like you know fighting for their space and having a reason to fight and I think structures are a big big step forward for that. Um, yeah, I mean like I again I I really play most of my time in high sec. Like I I know that you said you know everyone's kind of got their hands and everything. Like mm-hmm. even my main right now I live in null sec, but I don't really do a lot of stuff in null sec. Like you just kind of taste I, it, right? Like yeah, I, I just kind of taste it, and like I'll I'll, I'll go out with my friends because you know that I'm living with all my friends, and we will we'll go out and do stuff every once in a while. But I'm like not really like living out there to rad or do indie or anything like that. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What are your friends like? I mean, what's that relationship like that you're, you've stuck with some people for a long time that seems kind of loyal? Like, what's, what's that like? Um, I mean, they're, they're very like-minded people. They, they also enjoy, enjoy doing high-sex stuff. They're kind of the people that were mentors to me. And, uh, yeah, they, they're, they've been very supportive of me, so I've been very supportive and trusting of them. And, like, I think it's partially because, you know, Pirate, Pirate's Code just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so, like I'll, I'll trust them over anyone else, even though I know we're all backstabbers. Are you guys uh, honorable pirates, though? Do you, like, if you capture somebody and they successfully give you ransom money, do you then kill them? Oh yeah! Oh my god! Like one of my friends. <laughs> What's wrong with you pirates? Like what? What, what happened to honor? I, you know, it's, <laughs> like I'll, I'll honor my friends, but you know, yeah. mo- most most people I'll honor. If I if I don't know who you are, I might I might steal your stuff. 
because I like stealing stuff. Well, you know what I mean, right? Because it used to be, and it was a big deal in Eve. Like there was honorable pirates and there was dishonorable pirates, and honorable pirates hated dishonorable pirates. And that meant if you if you captured somebody and said, "Give me your money," and they gave you their money, you let them go. That was an honorable way of doing it because then the next guy that catches them is going to get paid too. Whereas if you kill the guy after he gave you money, the next pirate that says, I'm going to kill you, is saying like, yeah, not, I'm not going to pay you. Kill me anyway. I, I remember there was a time when I was, I was war decking and I, was, I told myself, if I, ever, if I ever catch anybody, I'm not – uh, sorry, if I ransom them, then – I'll let them go just out of, out of being nice. And I did it once and I was like, no, that, you know, that felt pretty good. The next time I caught a freighter and the guy really wanted me to like, let him go. And he, he sent me money and I was like, still really want to kill that freighter. So, <laughs> I, I, so that's when you turned I, to the dark I, I felt, side. Yeah. I felt, I felt a little bit bad, but my friend was really happy because he was the one that paid for the war. I got a bit of good money out of that. Okay. Well, do you see that as different though? Pirating in general, like basically blocking a, a, a pipe that people will use as a shortcut from trade hub to trade hub as one thing and then war decking somebody else as, as a different thing? Because war decking is like, I'm attacking your corporation and you guys, I may have mercy on you or I may not. Uh, I mean, it, it depends on what I'm using the war deck for. Like I've definitely had wars where, which are very, well, actually, I would say most of the wars that I try to do are very personal. Like, I'll go for one corporation, and I won't, I, I try not to be, like, super malicious, but, like, I'll, I'll give the example of when I was actually at war with the high-sec group I'm now flying with. Um, I, I knew where they lived, and they had a huge population of newer players, and I said, you know, I don't want to be, like, super unfair and just bring a Proteus and just like sit on their undock and ruin their day all day. So I just started flying around at Tristan and you know, the, the first night I think I killed like eight or nine other guys. I killed like a stabber. I killed some other stuff and they were all kind of paranoid because you know, it's, it's a Tristan. They feel like they should be able to catch me, but every time they catch me, I just slip away or I get out with like half structure. And it was, it kind of got to the point where they're all kind of scared, but I, you know, I tried to stay friendly with them and, we had like good banter and local aside from the people I accidentally killed, and eventually they kind of they kind of got better. Accidentally and killed, they started catching me. Yeah. No, well, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Some, uh, sometimes you try to let them go, and the drones kill them. But accident. that's an interesting dynamic that people may not know a lot about, and that is like what what a war deck looks like in reality. Well, I mean, it's it's different. It's a different situation every time. Like a lot of people will see wars that are just someone declares war and nothing happens because. You may, they may be just camping the hubs and they're just trying to look for easy kills. Um, but then there might be personal or professional wars, which are maybe like a mercenary has had one group to go after your group. And that means they're going to come to your station and they're going to make sure you don't get to play for a week. Um, and yeah, like I, I personally try to keep mine kind of friendly. Like I, I kind of like having wars where everyone's just kind of having fun. And, but, uh, I know those are few and far between, and sometimes I try to set up a war, and the people just get mad at me and just don't want to play with me. But you know, <laughs> sometimes I get some, I get some good fun, and like my my friend kind of got annoyed at me at one point because he was paying for all of our wars, and he was like, "You guys, you guys, stop making friends with these guys because they're our like, lunch." <laughs> yeah, they're our lunch. Like I'm trying to make money here. I'm trying to like pay back all these wars because wars can be kind of expensive when you're poor like us. Yeah. Well, it is certainly a different side of the game than I'm used to, which is the, uh, 
the 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 poor war decker. Well, I mean, yeah, look, there's there's a small amount of us who kind of still go around and do this, but like, you know, a lot of people when they think of war decking, they think of you know like Marmite or Vendetta, like the the big guys who are much more well known and have lots of money and fly really blingy stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of them will either live or in and around the hub because you know that's that's where the most content is. Like, it, you can get lots of money, you can get lots of kills, and like I, I, I understand why people do it. Like I did it in the past because I could just sit there and then like after a day or two, I'd be like, oh, I made like 500 mil or I made a bill just because there's lots of people who fly in and out who don't know, really understand what war decks are. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's people, there's people who do it for that reason. They just are trying to farm up kills and there's people who, you know, take it very seriously. Like Vendetta takes their war decking very seriously. And well, what, they know their mechanics very well. Well, what's that mean? Taking a war deck very seriously on the aggressing side. What's that mean? Like they will very like they'll have scouts in your system. They'll use wormholes to hunt you. They'll they'll have a very they'll, like I'll, I'll give an example of a uh, of a war from the past, which was uh, archetype and complaints department, which were two high sec war decking corps, and they were up against. Uh, Vendetta and their allies in a war over high sex space because they were two mercenary groups that didn't get along very well. And Vendetta was definitely bigger and a bit stronger, I think. And yeah, I, if I recall correctly, Vendetta was supposed to be attacking a Citadel and uh, Complaints Department Archetype, they brought support from Tess. They had a fleet of I think a hundred guys coming from test to come back them up and what Vendetta had done was they had made a shell corporation to declare war on the the Citadel as well and when test showed up they had all their pilots jump over to this new corporation and now test couldn't fight them because test only allied onto the war against Vendetta so all of a sudden there is in a situation where there's all these mercs who had just kind of like outsmarted their opponent because they didn't really understand the mechanics and complaints department and uh, archetype really couldn't fight the much larger Vendetta force without their support. They actually switched corporations. Yeah. So that, that happens. It's, I mean, I like I this came up in the uh, the uh, statescraft uh, debate, which was I I don't really know a lot of corporations who do this, but I know Vendetta will do this because. It's, you know, if people don't understand war deck mechanics and, like, what people are capable of, and you don't know that all these groups that are declaring war on the Citadel could be just all corpse, then, you know, it, they're using the mechanics to their advantage. Oh, it's interesting. And uh, yeah. the, the, the corp history is not sacred to them, so they just can move around without... Well, I mean, like, th- that's the thing. It's like, if if they have the war set up, like, all they need to do is drop out of their current corporation, jump into that one, and then they're off to the races. There's not really any way for anyone to know if this one man corporation that's being used by a five day old character is just some random guy or an alt. Yeah. It's all very interesting. I guess a uh, high sec isn't as easy as it looks, uh, or I should say it's a little more complex than people think or give it credit for. There's, there's a lot of fine intricacies that can be abused. And I think that's part of uh, the, the high sec PVP background is that, you, there's a lot of mechanics that you can use to your advantage and there's a lot of mechanics that people don't have full grasp on. 
Interesting. Toxic Yakin, it's nice to meet you. I guess you'll be running up until a few days from now when election day hits. Oh, I'll be running right past that. Don't worry. <laughs> That's right. We got, we got we got like a full month of uh, campaigning left. This is just the beginning. That's right. Uh, most people vote in the beginning, but not necessarily. And so you will keep uh, campaigning all through the whole voting window, which is huge. It's not just one day. And I mean, there's a lot of high school people who, you know, either don't know what's happening or don't really have like a candidate in mind. So everyone we can scoop up is another one that we can add to the count because I can't remember what Noisy said, but I think he said that uh, based on what he, how many people he thinks will might be voting, it might be like 1,900 votes that you need to get in if you're looking at like the first place votes. Yeah. So I mean, every vote counts. That's doable. Good luck. Good luck on your campaign.